right eye dominant. 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 This is the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Toro Jr. And on today's episode, I'd like to focus on one specific photo book, which has held a special place in my photo book library for a very long time. The name of the book is Subway, and it's by a photographer named Bruce Davidson. And I'd like to talk around the whole idea about the photo book, about this body of work that Bruce Davidson created. And then I'd like to take a deep dive into one particular photograph. So if you're a regular listener of mine, you know that every so often I do a worth a thousand words episode where I talk about one particular photograph. So I'm going to have one of those buried within this episode. Uh, I think this book is monumental for a number of reasons. And there's one particular photograph from this book that means something very special to me, so much so that I have it hanging on my office wall right in front of me at this moment. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Today's episode, Bruce Davidson's Subway. So as I said, I'm focusing today's discussion on the book Subway by the photographer Bruce Davidson. The book was originally published in 1986 by Aperture, one of the great photo book publishers in the world. And coincidentally, I was doing a college internship at Aperture when this book came out. So I have a pretty deep personal connection with the book. Uh, what's fascinating about this book is Bruce Davidson was a very well-known, highly regarded photographer for many years before this book came out. And he created really stunning bodies of work, oftentimes focusing on New York City. And up until this point of his career, Davidson was known primarily as a black and white photographer. And so the book Subway is color photography, but not only is it color photography and a change for Bruce Davidson and his approach, but I look at these photographs and I really couldn't imagine them being anything but color. And my personal preference in photographs for my own work is generally to shoot in black and white. But I look through the photos of the book Subway and I just, I, there's something about the lighting, the fluorescent lighting of the subway cars, the sunlight that creeps through the windows when the subway is going by above ground. There is such beautiful color palette on display in these photographs that I really think that Bruce Davidson made the right choice to shoot this project in color. Now, as I said, Bruce Davidson's been known for a long career in photography. He's 
been a photographer as part of the Magnum Photo Agency. A few of his noteworthy projects before Subway include a book entitled Brooklyn Gang, and also a really powerful body of work, a book entitled East 100th Street. So Bruce is no stranger to the streets of the Big Apple. He decided that he would start working underground in the early 1980s. And interestingly, in the book, he describes how he physically prepared for the project. He said that he undertook a military fitness exercise program, jogging in the park every day. He, he said he, he, he trained like an athlete and he wanted to be in good shape for this project. Aside from the physical preparation that Davidson undertook, he also carried around with him some prints of previous work. And as the project was ongoing, he would show new subjects, uh, some of the older photos that he had taken, pretty much just to establish who he was and that this was a legitimate project for him. He said he carried quarters in his pockets for people who asked for money. Always had some subway tokens in his pocket as well. This was long before the days of the Metro card. And he said lastly that he carried a Swiss army knife in his pocket that gave him just a little bit of added confidence. So this information just provides a little context for the environment that Bruce Davidson was heading into when he began this project in the New York subway system. Now, I think it's relevant to note that New York of the late 1970s and early 1980s was quite different from the New York of today, and certainly very different in the years before Mayor Rudy Giuliani completely transformed the city, uh, and some would probably say not in a good way, he certainly made it safer for tourism. But Bruce Davidson in this book, Subway, is really showing us the old New York, certainly the dirty, scary New York of legend. You look at these photos and you really are confronted with a very different world. So the New York City subway system at that time was notorious for being a dangerous place. And depending on what time of day or night you were riding, or what parts of the city you were riding the subway through, that definitely was the reality for a lot of people. At the same time, the subway is the great equalizer of people in a lot of ways. You've got the whole range of humanity down in the subways, and that's people on their way to work down in Wall Street or working in kitchens and restaurants or school kids trying to get to their classes on time and everything in between. At the same time, there's definitely a more nefarious segment of the population that views the subway system as a place where they can do whatever it is they want to do away from the eyes and the arm of the law, definitely. There's certainly a lot of that on display in the photographs in the Bruce Davidson book. Um, if you're looking at the photos, and I was just leafing through the pages here, 
the first thing that struck me was the amount of graffiti that you see on the subway cars back in the 80s. New York City was definitely known as a graffiti mecca. And at that time, certainly tagging the trains was a regular pastime for graffiti artists. But if you ride the subway in New York today, you're certainly not going to see the kind of graffiti that you saw back in the 1980s, as we see in some of Bruce Davidson's photos. Another thing that struck me right away, there's some photographs that feature the Guardian Angels. And the Guardian Angels were a self-appointed vigilante crew that would ride the subways and fill in the gaps where I guess the police department weren't really monitoring things. And and so this group of vigilantes, usually a, a group of fairly muscular people, mostly men, but not exclusively, often seen on subway platforms or riding on the cars with their cutoff t-shirts and signature red berets. And to a lot of the public, they were seen as a comforting presence, at least in response to the crime that occurred on a regular basis down in the subways. And as we look through the pages of the book, we certainly see moments of violence or evidence of crime. People who are experiencing distress, but interwoven between those photographs are just moments of everyday commuters, people staring out of windows, often with a look of exhaustion or melancholy apparent on their faces. We see subway cars overcrowded at rush hour and then subway platforms that seem fairly desolate with maybe just one or two figures standing on it. And always the rich colors of a variety of skin tones, all illuminated by Bruce Davidson's strobe light. And then, of course, there's the varied colors of the subway cars themselves and the colors of the paint and the ink of the graffiti. And then interspersed with that is the blue-green lighting of the fluorescent lights that flood the subway cars themselves. But then something that's really surprising emerges in the book as well. If you've ever ridden the subway in New York, you would know that the train does not just travel underground. Oftentimes the train emerges and goes above ground. And in many of Bruce Davidson's photos in the book, you see daylight make its way into the subway cars and onto the subway platforms. And it's this beautiful lighting counterpoint to that blue-green fluorescent light that we see from inside the subway cars. And it offsets Bruce Davidson's use of the strobe light. And there's a few photographs in the book where this beautiful yellow-orange light makes its way through the subway car windows and bathes the different environments and the different people. And it's just this wonderful, warm illumination. So again, had this body of work been shot with black and white film instead of color Kodachrome film that Davidson chose, many of these things, many of these qualities of the body of work would be lost. In many ways, this book acts as a time capsule. 
certainly New York is quite a different place than it was in the 1980s. However, it's also interesting to see that some things don't change. And on that note, I'd like to now shift the conversation to talk about one specific photograph that means a lot to me personally, and I'd like to spend a little bit more than a thousand words describing it. So the photograph I'd like to talk about now is actually the cover photograph from the book Subway by Bruce Davidson. I also have a small print of this photograph and it sits on my office wall in my house and I'm looking at the photo right now. And it happens to be a, a tightly cropped photo of a man on a subway car, he's bare chested and he's wearing a number of gold chains with a crucifix dangling from the bottom chain quite prominently. So a little bit of background information on this particular photo and why it's so uh, important to me personally. I was doing a college internship at Aperture when this book came out and I remember seeing stacks of the book in the storage room and leafing through it and comparing my own personal experience with being a, being a self-admitted bridge and tunnel commuter coming into the city on the path train from Jersey City every day. But this was also a time when I was discovering New York really for the first time on my own. And this book in a lot of ways symbolized the things about New York that I guess I was warned about growing up in the safer suburbs of New Jersey, uh, that New York was a dangerous place, that you would always have to have eyes on the back of your head, you would always hide your wallet or hide your money in your shoes, uh, don't make eye contact with anybody, and certainly if you were going to be riding the subway, you were entering a whole other world of, uh, of risk and possible danger. At least that's what I was led to believe, and I'm sure that some of that was overblown or overstated, and some of it was probably accurate. And so as I leafed through the pages of Subway, I definitely saw evidence of, I think, both ends of that extreme. The photograph that sits on the cover, though, is striking to me for a number of reasons. So looking back at the photograph again right now, as I said, it's tightly cropped. We see two lines of fluorescent lighting that come in from each top corner and they lead the eye directly to the subject right in the middle of the photo. And then his skin, at least on his chest, is fairly well illuminated. But then we see less illuminated just the tip of his nose the outline of his mouth and his lips and chin. And so this figure is emerging from this darkness. And I think it was probably the position of Bruce Davidson's strobe that created this interesting lighting that makes this photo so striking. So as my eye travels around the image, 
I settle on the figure in the middle. As I said, he's bare-chested. You don't see his face. He's not wearing a shirt in the subway, which indicates to me that it's most likely in the summertime. But also, I think the subject is making an intentional decision by presenting himself to the rest of the world down in a maybe threatening, foreboding environment, showing off gold chains around his neck and also showing off his muscular body in a way that perhaps is saying, I'm a person that you don't really want to mess with. Um, The way that Bruce Davidson's presenting him, we don't see his eyes and he's definitely, uh, it's an intimidating posture for sure. In any event, I think anybody who's flashing that kind of jewelry and making that kind of posture down in the subways of 1980s New York is definitely sending a clear message to the people around him and the people looking at the photograph in the book that maybe this is not a person that you want to mess around with. There's another aspect of this photograph that means something very important to me personally that I'd like to share with you now. A few years ago, uh, I took part in a program to teach photography to underage youth who were being incarcerated in a correctional facility here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And every Saturday, I'd be part of a group that would go into the facility and with our digital cameras that we would lend out to them, would teach them how to use a camera and how to express themselves photographically. One of the big challenges when we were showing them how to make photographs was that none of the kids were able to show their faces or the faces of other uh, inmates in their photographs. And this was due to issues of legality and privacy. So I brought this photograph in to show them that you could make a portrait without actually showing somebody's face in it. I also told them the story of the book and the body of work by Bruce Davidson, as well as the challenges that Bruce Davidson faced when he was creating this body of work and shooting in that environment. And I thought that that was definitely something um, that this particular group of kids would maybe be able to relate to or connect with. And so this photograph, when I look at it now, I always think of those discussions on Saturday mornings in a, in a correctional facility talking about fine art photography with a bunch of incarcerated kids. I reflect on those days and I actually think about those kids and where they might be today. I'm assuming that some of them are maybe still in that same correctional facility or are adults now and hopefully change their ways and are living a a better life out on the streets and not behind bars. But the fact of the matter is that a lot of those kids end up in jail as adults. Or if they got out, they probably were coming out into a world that was not necessarily welcoming them back with open arms. And yet I have hope that some of those kids maybe learned something valuable in the time that we spent together 
and carried that experience with them as they returned to the outside world. And so I keep this photograph by Bruce Davidson up on my wall, not only to remind myself of my coming of age in New York City around that time, but also the realities of a world that isn't always friendly, isn't always fair, isn't always welcoming. And like many of us, we just got to make our way through the darkness to the light as best we can. So there you have it, my exploration of the work of Bruce Davidson in the book Subway, published by Aperture. Uh, I know that there's copies of this book out there. If you don't already own it, I would highly recommend you getting your hands on a copy. Also, the photograph on the cover, which I think is worth at least a thousand words, and I don't know how many I spent on it, but definitely meaningful to me personally. and. I think in many ways captures the whole spirit of the book that it sits prominently on the front cover of. So that's it for this episode. I will, of course, have links not only to the cover photograph that I spoke about at length, but also links to other images from the Subway book and other bodies of work by Bruce Davidson. And you can find those in the show notes. Also, if you want to go to the RightEyeDominantPodcast.com website, you'll find an archive of all of my episodes in these two seasons so far. And you'll also see an opportunity to send a message if you have any feedback, thoughts, criticisms, let me know. And lastly, of course, if you could leave a rating or a review specifically on the Apple Podcast platform, I would greatly appreciate that. And... Uh, So I think I'll just sign off on on that note. So this has been the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. I have been your host, Nick Toro Jr. And until next time, stay well. This podcast has been a production of RightEyeDominant.art. The music for this episode has been brought to you by The Conant Project, Yazar, and The White Plains. (laughs) 